Thanks to Greg Buck for reading this weekend's gospel. What do you think about testing? We all go through it in life. From the time that we are school-age children, um, having to take test after test in order to show what we know, which can be a good thing, can be a really good thing to see for ourselves how much we have learned over the course of a period of time. But we can all weigh the pros and cons of um, whether or not testing is always the best way of being able to get that information, get that knowledge out of us. And sometimes when it comes to this matter of whether or not we are tested in our faith life, and especially by God, can be an even trickier question that we have to wrestle with. So let's dive into it today. But first, I happen to find this very delicious, tempting cinnamon roll with a lot of frosting here in the kitchen. But there's a little note on it that says, do not eat. And it's a temptation for sure which will get us to the scripture that we heard read for us. But first, you gotta know a couple of things about Matthew's gospel. From the very beginning, Matthew has been trying to introduce who this Jesus is to all of the people in his community who come long after Jesus has lived and to all of us as well. And from the very beginning, Jesus is a person whose lineage has been traced back through King David, and he is talked about in this way as this promised one, the, the Messiah, the Christ, the one whom God has sent. And all along in those first couple of chapters of Matthew's Gospel, we hear how everything that Jesus does is intentional in order to fulfill the scriptures, in order to make known God's righteousness. Jesus is very intentional about wanting to do things in the right way, in the just way, in the way according to God's ways. We hear a lot about that. And just before this, we heard how Jesus was baptized by John in the River Jordan, not because he had to be, because he had anything to repent of, but in order to fulfill all righteousness. He is very set on making sure that people see Jesus as a trustworthy leader. How do you know that someone is trustworthy? Maybe because you've been able to see their record over time, see that they're a person of integrity and that who are as a person who's authentic, who, who does what they say, and um, maybe, you know, acknowledges when they make mistakes. A person who um, um, seeks to, to do the right thing. And maybe you, you know that someone is trustworthy because you, you hear it from those who you trust or those who you value. Maybe it's because you've known them over a long length of time. You've been able to see it firsthand, witness it. But how do you know someone is trustworthy when you've never been able to meet them, when you've never been able to observe what they do, when you've never been able to see their track record, when you've never been able to talk to them in person? 
That's Matthew's challenge for all of us. How do we believe that Jesus is a trustworthy leader? Especially in the midst of Jesus's time when there were a lot of untrustworthy leaders. It's not all that different from our own time, hey? Not only are there untrustworthy leaders who are intent on their own selfish power or greed or wealth, um, sometimes even violently, abusively, for not the good of all, but for the good of themselves, and sometimes can be so sly and tricky and deceitful and can make people believe that they have the best of intentions at heart and yet they don't. How do we believe that Jesus is trustworthy when we can't see him and talk to him for ourselves? This gets us to Matthew's gospel and it's through the stories that we hear about that person. It's through the accounts that we hear from others of how they have experienced Jesus of how they've been able to see the things that he has stood for and believed in, played out and lived again and again, to see the things that he has talked about and taught lifted up, to see the ways in which he seeks to follow God's ways. And maybe for all of us, we also see Jesus as trustworthy because we see the way that his impact has changed not only so many people who have come before us, but hopefully also our lives of faith too. But first we gotta get to our story for today. A couple of big things that we gotta take note of is after Jesus' baptism, as the heavens are opened up and God's spirit reveals to all who hear it, who Jesus is. He is the Son of God with who God is well pleased. It's this moment of great high and celebration and acclamation. And yet, what happens next? The Spirit led Jesus up into the wilderness in order to be tempted by the devil. And it suddenly brings us to this place of uncomfort. Why? Why would the Spirit do that? Why would the Spirit bring Jesus into such a place and to be tempted by the devil? Is there such a thing here in our lives? Is there a force of evil that we don't talk about or, or think too much about or acknowledge that's still at play in our lives and in our world? And does God test us? And of course, at the bottom of all of those questions is, is it even possible for me to withstand the kind of temptations that Jesus withstood in his great strength? We'll get to all of that. But first, you have to know that there's like this cosmic sort of battle that's happening here between the forces of good and between the forces of evil. And Matthew thought that the time was nearing the end and that there was going to be this great period of suffering before the end came. 
And sometimes, don't you notice how people, when they're in the midst of a great change or turmoil or suffering or hardship, also are at those moments in life where um, they feel as if they're being tempted or tested or they feel as if God is far to be found. And yet maybe through this story, we'll see that faith isn't so much these high and low um, dramatic moments in our life, but trying to do God's ways each and every day of our life. So the first temptation that Jesus is faced with after having fasted for 40 days, a really long time in Bible speak, and being probably at his weakest physically, spiritually, is being tempted with bread. Much like a yummy, delicious, frosted cinnamon roll, what does Jesus do? He immediately turns to quote the scriptures, the scriptures from the book of Deuteronomy in the Old Testament that talk about how everything that we have comes from God, where God who has created us, who knows every single need that we have, who knows that we need bread for the sustenance of our bodies, knows that we can't be without it. But yet the question is, where do we turn for that which we need? Do we turn to God or do we turn to idols? Do we turn to anything that seeks to offer it for us, that tries to make us believe that they will provide it for us? It's amazing if you scroll through Facebook or even go online, even turning on the television, all of the gimmicks, the programs, the pills, the everything out there that promises to help you with this health condition, that promises to help your children with this or that, that promises to bring this quick fix, the solution to sometimes really difficult matters of health or difficulties in relationships that we all struggle with. And yet, as much as it seems like such a great sales pitch, you know that it's never that easy and that what they say and what they claim isn't ever the whole truth. Do we turn to God for what we need? Do we turn to God for the things that hurt us and worry us and give us reason to be anxious? Do we turn to God for all that we need. Not afraid to ask God, and most of all, not, not uh, afraid to give God thanks for every good thing that we have received. Every meal that we have eaten, every answer to our prayer, every way that we have felt God's presence and strength throughout our lives. The second temptation leads us to um, this place where Jesus is at the very highest point of the tem temple. And the, the issue at stake here is, how do you get to the kingdom of God? 
How do you get to this place in which God has envisioned for all of us that's um, both in process coming and yet still hasn't fully come into completion? How do we get there? Is it by something that we believe or something that we do? Is it because of what Jesus has done for us? There are all these things and there are so many people who who try to make us believe that they have it all figured out. And yet, it only turns the attention to them and not to God. And so this is where that second temptation reminds us that the way in which we get to the kingdom of God is not through these high, spectacular, dramatic moments in our life of faith. That it's not as if um, we are knocked to the ground and overshadowed um, by the presence. Sometimes the things that we hear in the scriptures are not how we experience God's presence here and now. The life of faith is, is one that takes the course of 365 days, year after year, mistake after mistake, trying to learn from them, asking for forgiveness from them, and giving thanks for the chance to begin again. That's the life of faithfulness, of seeking to live in God's ways of love and peace and forgiveness and grace and justice. Third temptation. The Roman Empire is in the backdrop here and um, the devil tries to, to make him think that he can have all this, all the splendor and the grandeur and the power of this system, mighty in its day, forceful in its day. And yet, some 2,000 years later, does it exist? Jesus knew this to be true. And he knew this. And so he responded in the same way by quoting scripture. Sometimes it's easy to go along with leadership. Sometimes it's easy to go along with the systems or um, the powers that are in place. Not say anything. Not raise a commotion. And yet this is where, as people of faith, we don't have to give in to the lies that they try to make us believe. Because we know of something that is so much grander and more splendid, that is full of meaning and purpose and goodness, and that will last for all of time. It is God's ways, it's God's kingdom, it's God's vision for all of God's people. One in which we are together, where that ha who, which has been broken is brought back together. And that which has been um, pulled apart is restored and that which has been um, um, painful and difficult is able to find peace. That's what we hold to. That's what we believe. That's what Jesus keeps pointing us to. And here's the thing. 
sometimes we might think that there's no way that we would be able to withstand the temptations that are placed in front of us. But the thing is, is we do all the time. We just don't know it because we're not on the pinnacle of the temple and we're not in the highest place overlooking the kingdoms of the earth. We're walking in the places that we walk. We're traveling in uh, along the roads that we do each and every day, choosing who we serve, choosing to worship, choosing to love, choosing to serve, choosing to be people who keep on working and striving for peace. May you never, never doubt that through all the storms of this life, the Spirit is with you and the Spirit leads you always to what is good into what is God's, never leaves you or deserts you, but always gives you the strength that you need to make it through the wilderness. Amen.